Well, good morning. It's good to be with you. You know, it seems like this has become a habit. Uh, somehow we've fallen into a tradition where I'm either starting the year with you or ending the year with you or both. So here I am on this last Sunday of uh, 2018. And isn't it hard to believe that here we are again on the threshold of another, another new year? We're going to be bidding farewell to 2018, and we're going to be welcoming in 2019. And so I thought this morning I would go ahead and be looking ahead. We've been continuing to celebrate Christmas today. Well, today I want us to look ahead to 2019. And to do so, I'd like for you to turn with me in your copy of the Word of God, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And I want to read verses 9 through 21. Turn there with me, if you will. Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Wow, there is so much in that passage, isn't there? More than we really can deal with in one message. But today I want to focus on a few main points from those verses that we read. I want to highlight a few key instructions that I believe will help us to prepare for the year ahead. Not only that, they really help us to prepare for life in general, for the rest of our lives. Let's consider some thoughts here. I want to group them together under some different headings. First of all, in 2019, first and foremost, we need to put a priority on love. We need to put a priority on love. And when I say love, real love is what I'm talking about. For it says there in verse 9, let love be genuine. So love needs to be authentic. Love needs to be sincere. It needs to be genuine. In other words, love can't be fake or it can't be phony or superficial. It's not going to do anyone any good. Sometimes we're good at play acting, folks. Sometimes we can put forth the appearance of love. We can say that we love people. We can act concerned for others. We can pretend to be loving and kind, all the while, deep down inside, our hearts 
tell a different story. Past couple of years, we've heard a lot about fake news. Well, I want to tell you, there's a lot of fake love in the world. A lot of what passes for love today is not love. It's only a poor facsimile. That's because most people don't have a clue what real love is. So what is real love? Well, contrary to popular belief, love is not merely some warm, syrupy, sentimental feeling. Love is, is much more than emotion or feeling. Love is, love is something you do. And God has commanded us actively to love our neighbor. That's very clear cut in the Word of God. And we understand from Jesus explaining that to us that, that in other words, it's saying that we're to love everybody because everybody's our neighbor. That means even those we don't like, even those that we deem undeserving, even our enemies, we're to love them. But you and I know that it's, that it's impossible to conjure up warm and fuzzy feelings for, for anybody and everybody. Certainly not our enemies. We can't do it. But here's the thing. We weren't meant to. You say sentimentality or warm fuzzies. That's not what love is. Real love is this. It's kindness. It's courtesy. It's respect. It's showing mercy and extending grace. That's what love is. And these are the things that this world most desperately needs. And these are the things that you and I can offer to everyone in our life with everyone whose path that we cross. And these are the means by which we can show Jesus and be Jesus to a world that so needs Him. Kindness, courtesy, respect, mercy, grace. How do you do it? Well, you know, let's, let's talk about just strangers you interact with each and every way. That's pretty easy, really. If we just be intentional about it, we can be kind to people. It just takes a little effort, just takes a little initiative. Instead of complaining about the line being too long at the post office, you can say something kind to somebody, something encouraging. Instead of complaining to the clerk at the grocery store about how much your bill totaled up, you can say something to them and encourage them. They're having a rough day. Uh, listen, through the drive through at McDonald's, you can be kind. At Walmart, you can be kind. You don't have to fight over that parking space, okay? You can be kind to strangers. You can be kind to difficult people that you know. And I'm talking about people you perhaps interact with on a regular basis. Maybe you work with them. Maybe you live with them. Don't look around, okay? <laughs> but, but be intentional about showing grace in your home, in your workplace, wherever you are. I remember one time, I, well, you may or may not know this, before I went in the ministry, I was in banking. So I worked in the secular world. I was in banking, and there were a lot of people there jockeying for position. You know, there's office politics and there's competition and all that. And one thing I noted during the time that I worked at the bank, which is about four years, I noticed that there's always a scapegoat. There was always a guy at the very bottom of the pole. You know what I mean? And you could tell he was the one that was on his way out because 
He was getting blamed for everything, and everybody else was distancing themselves from him like he was a wounded animal. And I saw it happen time and again. There would be this guy, he'd be the scapegoat, and after a while, it happened, he'd be fired, he'd be gone, and then somebody else dropped down and became the scapegoat. Thank the Lord I never became the scapegoat. But I was determined as a Christian layman there at the bank where I worked that I was going to be a friend to the scapegoat. And I intentionally did that. The person that nobody else wanted to be around, the person that had already been marked to be the one who's going to be the next out the door, I was an intentional. You can do that. You can be intentional about showing love, and that means kindness, courtesy, respect, extending grace and mercy to those around you. Um, but you know what the hardest is? What about those people that have betrayed you? Those people that have wounded you? Those people who have stabbed you in the back? Again, you don't have to like them. You don't have to want to hang out with them. But you don't return ugly for ugly. In the story of Nehemiah in the Bible, you'll remember in the Old Testament, Nehemiah was called to go back to Jerusalem and uh, to lead the people to rebuild the walls around the city. But you remember there was, a, there was a triad of guys, a trio of guys that were opposed, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. And they were critics. They were negative. They tried to disrupt everything that Nehemiah did. And over my 30 years as a pastor, I've learned that about every church, maybe with the exception of Westside, I'm going to say that, but about every church has, has three guys like that, okay? There's a Sanballat, a Tobiah, and a Geshem. And you remember there was a pivotal moment in the story where Nehemiah is trying to complete the work, and he's actually up, he's at an elevated position. He's working on the wall. And so these guys come around, Nehemiah, come down, come down, talk with us. Hey, we want to meet together. Well, they had ulterior motives. They always did. But you remember what he said? Nehemiah said, I can't come down to you. He said, I've got to stay with the work. I've got to stay with the task to which God's called me. You see how that relates to us? There are people that want to pull you down. There are people that want to debate with you about things. There are people that want to be destructive in your life. But you cannot lower yourself to their level. You've got to stay on the wall. You've got to stay with the work. You've got to stay with the task to which God has called you. Don't become like them. I don't mean you're lording it over them. But you're better than that. Don't come down to that level. How, how do we do all this? How do we show kindness, courtesy, respect to all people? It's certainly not something we can do on our own. It's a God thing. Here's what we need to remember. God is love. Amen? He is. And guess what? God loves us. That's good news, isn't it? That's what Christmas is all about, by the way. For God so loved the world that He sent his only begotten Son. He sent Jesus to us. God loves us. And guess what? God loves the person that we're having difficulty loving. Now here's something else to remember. Christ is in us. The hope of glory. And we are in Christ. And as we abide in Him and He in us, His love flows to us and through us. Listen, we cannot love people out of our own strength. 
God knows that. But God can love people through us. Just like a hand reaching down through a glove. Us being the glove. God can reach His mighty hand down through us and touch a world that's in need of love as long as we abide in Him and rely upon Him and walk in obedience to His Word. So first and foremost in 2019... Let's put a priority on love, real love. What else? Well, this is going to sound odd, but we also need some hatred in our lives. You say, what? Look at the next line there in verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. The word abhor means to hate, to detest. Somehow we have developed the idea, mistakenly, that Christians should never feel or express hatred. That Christians are always supposed to be sweet, loving, and kind. And it's not bad to be sweet, loving, and kind. But we think somehow that the word hate shouldn't even be a part of our vocabulary. But the truth is that there are some things that we need to hate. The Bible says that we are to hate that which is evil. That means we're to hate sin. We're not to hate sinful people. We're not to hate people at all. But we ought to hate what sin does to people. We need to hate the sin that's in our own lives and what it does to us. We need to have a holy hatred toward sin. The reason we need to hate it is so we won't tolerate it and we won't condone it and we won't accommodate it in our lives. We need to hate it so we will be motivated to rise up and do something about it. We need to hate injustice. Pray against it. Seek to rectify it as you have opportunity. We need to hate deception. Counter falsehood at every turn. Speak the truth in love. We need to hate slander and gossip. Don't participate in it for goodness sake. Stifle it. Silence it. Correct it. Stop it. We need to hate bigotry and prejudice. Don't stand for it. Don't stand silent in the face of it. Don't be a party to it. Let others know where you stand. So we need to hate sin. But don't be hateful in doing so. Remember, you can hate sin while loving others. In fact, that's a very loving thing to do. The most important thing is that we live our faith and stand for truth. So in 2019, be determined not to ignore evil, not to tolerate it, but to seek to develop a holy hatred against it. What else? Well, in 2019, we also need to hold on to some things. We need to hold on to what's good. Again, in verse 9, it says, Hold fast, hold tight to what's good. You say, well, what's that talking about there, what's good? Well, we know in the life and ministry of Jesus, one day the rich young ruler came up to him and he said, Good teacher, what should I do or what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God. Now, you already knew that, but let's say it. God is good. good. He is. We need to hold fast to God. We need to hold fast to the things of God. We need to hold fast to the things that flow from God, the things that are important to God, the things that will bless us. See, these are the kind of things we need to hold on to. Not cars or boats or houses or land. Not really anything wrong with any of those things, mind you. But those things are all going to pass away. When we go to heaven, you're not going to be driving a U-Haul, okay? That's why Jesus said, "Lay lay not up your treasures here on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. 
So treasures in heaven are those things that are going to last, those, those values that are eternal. So we need to cherish and hold on to the things that are important. Well, if there are things we need to hold on to, we can also make the assumption, conversely, that there's some things we need to let go of. So let me ask you this. Are there some personal preferences and prejudices that, are, that you're holding on to that are hindering you in your spiritual walk? Are there some beliefs you hold and some, some traditions you cherish that you've elevated above Scripture in your life? Are there some negative attitudes, some secret sins that you need to, to eradicate from your life? Are there any idols you've set up in your life that need to be cast down and thrown out? As we ring in the new year, be mindful of the old adage, out with the old, in with the new. Hold tightly to what's good, but get rid of all the spiritual clutter and the spiritual hindrances, the things in your life that are not God-honoring. So in 2019, hold fast to what's good. Let go of what you don't need. What else? We also need to stay faithful in 2019, even when the going gets tough. Even when the going gets tough. Look down in verse 11. Do not be slothful in zeal. You know what a sloth is, don't they? They move slow, okay? Don't be slothful in zeal. Be fervent, passionate, if you will, in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer, it says. Guess what? Let me say this. I don't have to be a prophet to tell you that somewhere along the way in 2019, you're going to hit a rough patch. Because life is rough. We know that, don't we? I mean, there, there are always bumps in the road. There are always adversities. There are always challenges. There are always hurdles and difficulties. That, that's part of life. That's part of living in a fallen, imperfect world. A sin-tainted, sin-corrupted world as we do. I remember when our little granddaughter Ella was born. She's six going on 26 now, I think. But when she came into the world and we were there at the hospital, and I remember there was a moment when I think I was holding her briefly in this moment, the day after she was born. And, and uh, I was right there with her mother, Melinda, our daughter-in-law. And I got real sentimental for a moment as I reflected on this, this tender young life that had come into the world. I got very wistful, and I, I made the comment, you know, I just wish, you know, I look at this little life, and I just wish she never had to face so many of the hardships and difficulties that we face in life. But my, my daughter-in-law, a realist, said to me, that's life. That's part of life. And it is. Because God uses the adversities to grow us and to shape us. We can't live in a protective plastic bubble. So we understand there's going to be challenges in 2019. And, and the point is, stay faithful. When the going gets tough, stay faithful. Don't be one of those folks, you know, fair-weather Christians. You know, oh, I'm, I'm blessed, life is so wonderful, God is so good, then something bad happens. I mean, something bad happens and almost immediately. Oh, why me, Lord? Why? why? Oh, what did I do to deserve this? How did this ever happen? Listen, we ought to be asking God the same thing when we're blessed. Why me, Lord? We don't deserve God's blessings. We don't deserve a trouble-free life. We were never promised a rose garden. There was a song about that a long time ago, wasn't there? 
When things go well, we need to praise God. But when things don't go well, we still need to praise God because God is ever faithful. He is the ever constant one. He is always present in the storm. And He has promised that He will never leave us nor forsake us. There's an old gospel song. I'm sure, I'm not going to sing it. I'm sure somebody here could break out in it probably. But the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. The God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God in the night. You believe that, don't you? Remember that, friends, and stay faithful even when the going gets tough. Also in 2019, take a genuine interest in the lives of others. And this is vitally important because rather than dwelling on problems when we have them, it's better if we focus on other people and how we can help them. Verse 10, look if you will in verse 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Honestly, one of the most selfless people I've ever met was my dad. He passed away four years ago, and I I miss him. He was always interested in others. He was a friend to others. He was an encourager to others. He was a cheerleader for others. And no matter who they were, no matter what their station in life, and he was a great role model for me. In 2019, I want to encourage you to take an active interest in others. And let me, let me suggest from, from here in Romans 12 some groups in particular that, that we ought to focus on. One is your fellow Christians. Sometimes we take our brothers and sisters in Christ for granted. Look at verse 13. It says, Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. By the way, we're all saints. Do we understand that? We who are Christians, we're saints. We've been set apart by God. It's not anything we did, it's what He did for us. So we are saints. That's talking about our brothers and sisters. So don't forget about them. Don't take them for granted. Be sure that you you love them, be kind to them, cherish them. You know, a lot of people today, again, I'm sure this doesn't happen at Westside, but a lot of people today take church membership so casually. Some act like they are doing you a favor to be a part of your church, (laughs) Some act like that being a part of a church is shopping for a product. They're always looking for the best bargain. They're always looking for uh, uh, the best customer service that's going to meet their needs. And when they don't get what they want, they're going to quickly abandon the church and go somewhere else. Don't be like that. For God's sake, don't be like that. That's not what church is about. Love your church. Be committed to your church family. Cherish your fellow Christians. Don't take them for granted. And then also there's another group you need to think about this year. Your enemies. We mentioned them before, didn't we, briefly? But look in verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. And you may say, well, I don't have any enemies. Hey, honestly, you probably have more than you realize. (laughs) There are people in this world that as soon as you tell them that you're a Christian, as soon as you tell them you love Jesus, they're automatically going to hate you. That's sad, isn't it? As a young Christian, I I could not fathom having any enemies. But when I became a pastor, I realized that I suddenly had enemies. I didn't seek them. I didn't want them. But people just started hating me. That's the world we live in today. People who reject our faith will reject us. And they're going to 
they're going to stereotype us and they're going to say negative things about us. But you know what? Again, as I said a moment ago, we don't return ugly for ugly. We show them grace. We bless them. Look, uh, if you will, in verse, verse 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I like that burning coals. We have a, you know, we have a saying, a secular saying that, that really goes right along with this, where it says, kill them with kindness, you know? If somebody's treated you bad, we'll be kind. I mean, it'll get to them. It'll get to them. God will use that to convict them. That's the idea of the burning coals. It's going gonna, it's gonna to bring some heat on them. They're going to feel conviction because they've been treating you bad and you're treating them good. You know, you think, How's, how can I do this, though? How can I do this? Well, the Apostle Paul, who wrote nearly half of our New Testament, as we know, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in the last letter he wrote, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he's closing it out, and he's saying some, some goodbyes. He's making some references to some people. And he talks about a time when, when he stood alone at trial, and nobody stood with him. Can you imagine? Everybody abandoned him. And you know what he said there in the closing of that letter? He said, may it not be held to their charge. May it not be held against them. Wow, that's grace. Where did Paul get that idea? Well, obviously the Holy, Holy Spirit, but there's something else. Before Paul was converted, he was standing with a mob one day, and Stephen was being stoned because of his testimony of faith in Christ, and Paul was there, and he heard Stephen say this, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Well, where in the world Stephen get that idea? <laughs> well, when Jesus was on a cross... He turned to those below Him who were cursing, who were calling for His crucifixion, who were rejoicing in the fact He was being put to death. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And the point I'm making with that connection is, I want you to see, there is a never-ending stream of grace that flows from Calvary all the way down to all of us, if we will but partake of it and draw from it. And you know, when we do, no matter what our circumstances, we're going to find that God's grace is sufficient. He's going to enable us to show the grace we need to show. That humanly is impossible, but it's empowered by Him. What else? There's another group I would point out to you quickly in verse 16. Uh, actually, in, in the middle of that verse, it says, Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly, the lowly the lowly. Don't be afraid to associate with the lowly. Who are the lowly? The, the poor, the downcast of society, the neglected, people that are different from us. Honestly, a lot of times we don't see them. About 20 years ago, um, I became aware of a need in my community where I was pastoring to start a church for Spanish-speaking peoples. Somebody challenged me on that point, a, a Hispanic 
believer, brother in Christ, challenged me and made me aware that there was a tremendous field unto harvest that I hadn't seen. And you know, I began to go and I began to look, and you know what I realized? That I'd been in this community for some years, and I hadn't seen them. They were all around, and I hadn't seen them. I was blind. But when I opened my eyes, and when God opened my eyes, I saw I saw them. You know, I'm afraid we walk right by people every day that are different from us. 2019, I want to encourage you to open your eyes to those around you that are different. The lowly, the forgotten, the overlooked. And seek to break down some barriers. Build some bridges. Seek to initiate conversation with them. I mean, I I don't know how far any of that might go, but as you begin to show people courtesy, kindness, and respect. Again, that's what the world is starved for. When you begin to do that, it just might surprise you what God does with that. A word of caution. A word of caution, though. You can't be prideful and arrogant if you hope to build bridges with others. Look in verse 16. Again, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own Sight. Haughty, of course, means arrogant. And wise in your own sight, that means basically the same thing. You know, there's nothing uglier than arrogance. It's a real turnoff. It's a real repellent. There's, that's another reason that our love relationship with God is so vitally important. As we stay vitally connected to God, that's going to keep us humble. And that's going to keep us teachable. That's a good place to be. And that will make us approachable by others. And it will make us usable in God's service. So be mindful of that. What else? I got one more thing. In 2019, determined to be a person of peace. Determined to be a person of peace. Verse 17, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of God. If possible... So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Oh, my friends, our society today, listen, there is so much anger. There is so much hostility. There's so much discord and division in our world. I want to urge you, don't contribute to the problem. Seek to be a peace-loving, peacekeeping, peacemaking person. When things are tense, don't escalate them. Seek to diffuse them. Don't be inflammatory. The proverb says a gentle answer will turn away wrath. Proverbs also tell us that a hot-tempered man stirs up strife. Don't be that person. Guard your tongue. Show restraint. Turn the other cheek. It's not about getting the last word in. It's not about winning an argument. By the way, it's not about you at all. Now, when I say be a peacekeeper, I'm not talking about peace at any price. Because, again, there are times we need to speak out and confront. Remember, we're to hate evil, okay? We can't ignore it. But all too often, we are peace breakers instead of peacemakers because we get all fired up and all stirred up about the wrong things. In 2019, insofar as possible, make a conscious effort to walk in peace. Be a person of peace because the world needs Jesus. And guess what? The Bible tells us He is our peace.
So you be Jesus to others so they might come to know the Prince of Peace. Would you pray with me? Father God, as we close out this year and as we look forward to what lies before us, none of us knows what the future holds. But Lord, we're so glad we know who holds the future, and it's you. And Father, I just pray that we will seek your will, seek your wisdom, seek your guidance, seek your grace every day. And that, Lord, you might use us as dispensers of your grace to a world in need. Father, right now, you know the hearts and minds of everyone. You know the unique needs and challenges we all face. I pray right now in this time of response that you lead people to make that response that you most desire from them. Certainly, if there's someone here that's never trusted Christ, it would be our prayer for them that today would be this day of salvation. Father, there are others that have other decisions. Let them feel the freedom to come and lay that before you and make that new commitment, whatever it might be, to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.